Yo, 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 yo. It's your boy, Adiads. We're back, we're back. No Ball Games Podcast. Sounds weird saying that, but yeah, No Ball Games Podcast. It's been a little while. We've been away. Um, Took a little break. Obviously, COVID-19 had his part as well. So we've um, now taken a chance to do a recording. Um, not in the studio no more, so we're all doing it remotely. The powers that be allow us to do that. Um, So we've got a great, 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 great... Uh, podcast set up for today. Um, we've got myself, obviously. We've got Mr. Ash in the building. We've got Charles. We've got Mr. Gary Bell. We've got a real one. We've got a special, special guest. Um, good friend to um, the local boys, uh, me, Ash and Charles. Um, his name is Mustafa Carriol, a professional footballer for the likes of Middlesbrough, Leeds, Ipswich, Swindon, to name a few of his teams. Um, he's coming out straight from Peckham. Um, as I mentioned, he's a local hero to us, local champion. We'll go over a bit of his life story, go over the trials and tribulations of obviously playing in the um, below the Premiership, um, and then the realization of not making it to the Prem. So, um, a lot of people always think the highlight of their career as a footballer is to make it to the Prem, but some people do make a great living outside of the Premier League. I'm um, just so gonna go over that. I'm also gonna go over um, Black Lives Matter, um, how how important it is to get the message out there and how it's impacted him and his career and even us per se. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go over the Premier League and the Premier League's back. It's a bit different right now regarding the no fans. What are your thoughts regarding to be no fair, fans and stadiums? This is us speaking. To be fair, I, I I don't think it's too bad. Where um, Sky Sports and BT have the option where you can have some of the crowd noise or not. I think obviously it allows the spectators to have a choice, but I've been listening with the crowd noise, and you know more more often than not, I don't look at the stadium and the fans when I'm watching football. So having the crowd noise makes no difference to me, to be honest. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I think, I think uh, as a, as a as an event, it's completely different. It's, it seems like a training match now. Um, for, the for the players. For the players, yes. Yeah. As a spectator, no. No, as a, as a spectator, no. As a spectator, I, you can feel the intensity has dropped. You can see that the players, the the the, the noise of the crowd adds something. That the the presence of the crowd adds something. These these recorded series it's made it better than when there was nothing in the stadium, but it's still not the same, man. I, 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 honestly, of course, we we know that it's not going. It's never going to be the same. However, yeah, it's not is, even is, similar. Is it doable? Is it doable? Can... Well, there's nothing else on, innit? <laughs> I watched the Tottenham Man United game and our stadium noise was coming you Spurs. So I thought I was at home, innit? I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, but, no, yeah. I, I agree with Ash. It's not, it's not as bad as, as as people make it out to be. I mean, the noise does help. But obviously, as you mentioned, Moran, the intensity is not the same. But then again, they've been off for like three months and this is what the True. first week back, so... I wouldn't expect that real, either. Real one, but, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's going to be like this in about three, four weeks' time once the players have become accustomed to no fans? Yes. Um, just basically, just basing it on the Bundesliga, even the Bundesliga, is, is the, the, you can see that there's, there's something missing. The I, I, I disagree, you know. The Bundesliga, I think the first week, yeah, it was it was quite slow, but it's, it's starting to pick up a little bit more. I think once it's the players become to accustomed to... Gary, what do you think? Obviously, you're you're the football man uh, amongst us at the moment before Mustafa comes in. So, what do you think? uh, I, I I mean, first of all, it's great to have it back. I think um, the 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 companies like Sky have have made a real effort to get good angles on the pitch as well, so that Mm. you know you're not focused on the crowd as much. And 
I mean, to me, it looks like there is a there is a better angle of camera. And I mean, I was watching the game. I was watching the other day. I think Villa Chelsea looked. I thought it was decent. I thought it was a good good tempo. I know um, Villa sat behind the ball a lot, but they had to because Chelsea were just popping it around for fun, you know. But and it was a wee bit like attacking defence at times. But in the second half, when Chelsea broke them down and stuff, and it livened up, it was decent. It'll never be the same, obviously. It won't mm. be the same, but but I still think it's a bit higher level than, than than training games, you know. And I think in two weeks' time, you'll see. Players get sharper. I mean, if if you go to say August September when a regular season starts, it looks quite slow to me anyway. Irrespective of having a career, sure. and sure. and of course when we get towards the end of the season, things will be be on the line. So we're definitely going to see the intensity go up. Do, do you think? Do you think the fact that we're playing in the summer months, where usually this is now the off season, that's a great goal, Phil Foden. Um, do you think the fact that we're playing in the summer months at the moment and the players aren't necessarily accustomed to that affects the intensity as well, Wilhan? Yeah, yeah, that that's a good break. The long break is definitely as well part of a factor. Yeah, that is a great one. Yeah, um, um and and the uh, and the timing of it, but still, I don't know, man. I I think I I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I definitely feel some submission about the crowd, and I think the players know it as well. And this is just a this is a greater point to the whole um attitude about the fans and ticket prices. The fans, the fans are needed to make. Product as optimum as possible. So uh, I definitely think there should be subsidising, more subsidising of because we've seen what. I saw a stat that um, Sky Sports put out that uh, only home teams have only won twice out of eleven games in the championship. Yeah, I was, is, I was going to mention that, Charles, that there, it seems to be the it seems that there is a there's no longer home advantage no more. It's yeah, like, no. Nah. Taking that away, and um, with with that being said, it's literally it's it's a fair game now to an extent where the fans, example Liverpool Everton match, that Everton game, maybe that extra push of the fans might push them through to win. But can I can I say something? Isn't it dependent dependent on the team? Because if it's a team that's fighting relegation, sometimes playing at home is added pressure because the fans don't necessarily want to be in this position, so it's added pressure playing at home. Whereas when they play away. It's not having that uh, added pressure of all of your fans around you. So isn't that? Is, is, is it, that it, can, it can work both ways. So yeah, who's it affecting? Is it teams at the top or the, the bottom? Who's it really affecting? I think it's affecting the teams with low quality. But the, yeah. that use the fans as a sort of a that eleventh man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, how I that's see a good it. point. I think that's a good point. Um, you know, your teams that you you Dogs of War type teams that all want you. Your Burnley's, for example, you know, at home, the fans are big for them. You know? Exactly. Mm. I think with them, without that atmosphere, the, their lack of intensity in terms of how they move the ball and stuff and how they play is is a big disadvantage without the fans behind them. I agree completely. I can't believe that stat on the um, championship, though. I mean, the amount of home teams that haven't won. Yeah, it's that's, it's that's Incredible. Another thing we don't factor in is how the crowd affects the away team as well. Because as an Arsenal fan, I've definitely seen how like a crowd can affect an away team. Mm. <laughs> I know sometimes <laughs> players go it and they see the atmosphere of the stadium, and think, "Yeah, we're not on it tonight." <laughs> so, 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 is it fair to say? So, is it fair to say that we can take away the home away advantage kind of thing and just say it's it's a, a case of you know the two the, the best team winning on on the day rather than. Not necessarily the best team, but the fact that playing in their hand. 
or the most organised team, or the most prepared team in that sense. Yeah, I, I think we need a bigger sample side, but it definitely feels like that yes, at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, guys, we've got a special guest today, um, a local Peckham champion. Um, me and Charles can vouch for him. Um, he's a local hero to us, one of the few that made it out of the ends, um, quote-unquote, the neighbourhood. Um, we have Mustafa Karyo. What's happening, guys? You cool? Yeah, man. What's happening, man? Okay. Come on, live up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what happened to the compare, man. He was rambling on, then he suddenly stopped talking. <laughs> no, it's I have a question for you. Can I just throw one in quickly? Go on. Yeah, so at any point in your late teens, early 20s, did you think, I'm not going to play in the Prem? What's plan B? Before we get into, before we get into that, Gary, that's a good question. Yeah. One sec, let's do a quick yeah. intro to Mustafa. Yeah. Um, so we know you from playing at Peckham All Stars, Mustafa, working your way yeah. up all the way to um, the highest league, second highest league in the English league, which is the Championship. Yeah. Um, so you've come from. Um, what was your actual first Premier? Um, say your actual first football club, Mustafa. Not in Keynes. No, actually, not, not professional. Uh... Not professional, actually, football club. Professionally, um, football club. Um, okay. Was it with Dom? Um, nah. Did you sign for an academy at a young it age? Was, yeah, I signed for me at uh, 10. Okay. Because, because 10. Yeah. But then um, I had to leave. My mum my forced me to leave because who's, who's been to the Millwall ground? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you got you got to walk down that long dark yeah, road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to walk down that long dark road. So I used to have to walk down there Tuesday and Thursday, me and my boy. And um, we they used to train outside the dome, outside the ground. Yeah. And like my mum was just obviously just scared. Obviously at the time when we were growing up, obviously you don't remember Peckham was mad. And um, yeah, she just had this big fear of I'd go out and something would happen. So um, I ended up leaving there at ten. Right. And then I ended up signing for Gillingham, um, like probably a month into secondary school. I played in a school game. Yeah. And then, um, and then Gillingham ended up taking me. So, so basically, because there was um, nicer sort of foliage and stuff and leafy streets and that, and in, in, in lovely Kent, your mom says, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> well, no. To be fair, they they used to. So there was so there was a few of us. There was a few of us. Um, that were coming from Peckham yeah. and like around the Camberwell area. So they had a minibus that would pick us up Tuesday and Thursday Fantastic. and literally drop us back. Yeah. yeah. So obviously it was, it, it was, it weren't, it weren't as bad. No, of course. No, of course. All joking aside, it's, it's you know, yeah. it's um, clubs make arrangements and, and it's a great catchment area. And we did talk about the catchment area um, on the first podcast or the second one. I mean, the golden yeah. triangle round your way, isn't it? So, you know. Everybody knows that now. Man City are big in there yeah. as well. But so, what happened after Gilliam then, Moss? Um. Well, to be fair, after after uh, I can't even remember why I left Gillingham. I remember I was getting in trouble in school, and like at, at the time in, the, in in the academies, you used they used to um get a monthly school reports. Yeah. From um from the clubs from the school, sorry. Yeah. And I used to get in trouble and I used to be held back like for detention and that and I used to miss training and yeah, it just it was a shambles for, for about for about six to eight months to be fair. 
And and you know, because I I don't know, you don't know much about me, but I've worked in football for a long time in academies and stuff. As okay. Well. Um, and so you're spot on, irrespective of how talented a player you are as a kid. If you're not yeah. delivering at school, you're out. It's um, oh, 100 percent. It's a ruthless environment, but you know yeah. the point. I, I think I think it's kind of lenient, more lenient now. Yeah. I think back in the day it was like proper, like there's a report here. Yeah. This is how he's doing. Yeah. You know what I mean. He's attending these classes, boom, boom, boom. Absolutely. And I kind of, I kind of lost focus for 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 a little while, to be honest. Right. Just to you just to that? back you off yeah. that, why do you think it's it's yeah. a bit lenient of nowadays? Is it because more money involved, or yeah, absolutely, a lot more money. Yeah, a lot more money, and 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 you have you have some players that are just literally out of this world at a young age. Like, what are you going to do? Release them? Yeah, you ain't going to release them because then Chelsea or someone exactly. else is going to pick them up. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, as much as they try to say it just to try and push a little bit of fear in, the players kind of know now, listen, as long as I do my thing on a pitch, there's nothing really you can really say, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. To add add on to that, Mustafa, um, Mm. obviously, growing up in Peckham, you saw the highs and lows of what the the neighbourhood was about. Um, Also, to add on to that as well, um, for us, you was always the best, one of the best people who played football in the area. So you, you had that yeah. pressure of always being the go-to guy. How did you how did you handle that pressure at such a young age? You know what, yeah? I still feel pressure till today. Like, I remember, no joke, I used to play... Do you remember in tech where we used to have Mad About Football tournaments? Yeah, yes. I remember that, yeah. I, I, I used to play in them, and no joke, I'd be nervous like I'm playing in, at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but, like, that's just, that's just how I am. Yeah. That's just how I am. I have, like... I, I have, and it's it's not good for a footballer. Like it's the worst possible thing you could have. I have this fear of losing. Yeah. And this fear of like not performing. Failing. Yeah. Like, to the point where like before a game, I'm literally like I I can wake up in the morning and I could know if I'm gonna have a good game. I was saying it to my missus last week, and I was like I could literally wake up, and depending on how I feel, I know if I'm gonna have a good game or not. Like some days I just wake up too anxious. I feel tired. I'm trying to drink coffee. I'm panicking because I know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've just always been like that. I kind of overthink it where really it's just a game that I've played a million times over and over. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 100%. How, how, I mean, how would you explain... That's a great point, actually. And how would you explain the difference of doing it as a job? Like, it's your job, you know? This is the reality. It's your job. Yeah. You're not a kid just kicking around with your mates. But you've made a great point there, actually, by saying you've always yeah. felt the pressure. So, therefore, do you think that's helped yeah. you? Make the transition? No. Oh. No, it hindered me. Wow. Because okay. I felt if I if I had if I had a bit more if I had a bit more just I don't care attitude type of thing. Yeah. I would have played I would have played I would have played much higher. Right. hundred okay. percent. Because because you what it does is when you're like that and you'll go into some games and you'll need to perform and because you've overfought it already. Yeah. Like you've zapped your you've zapped so much energy out of yourself. That you don't even have the energy to perform. Most, well, I was going to ask you that yeah. basically, because I know that your 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 quality in terms of one being one of the best players I've seen. Why do you yeah. think you never made it to the prem? Because I've seen a lot worse players play in the prem. You know what? Me. When I did when I did my knee at Middlesbrough, yeah. I was on the verge of going to the prem. Like the clubs, the clubs were negotiating at the time with who was it, Swansea. It was Swansea and Leicester, I think, at the time. Yeah. Right. I can't remember. 
Yeah, I think it was Swansea and Leicester, but I was gonna go Swansea. I've to- I told the like the chairman I was going I was going to Swansea. I'd spoken to Swansea, agreed everything. Yeah. And then um should I go into the story? I, <laughs> I was gonna it? say you do the backtrack a little bit. Let's just do a brief yeah. history check about where you started from go on the roof of the right well, direction. So obviously it was my it was, go on up, go on. So you started off um at Gillingham and then where, yeah. where did you progress to after that? Well, after I played, um, I played obviously at Peckham All Stars, and I and I enjoyed playing with my friends a lot of the time. Yeah, and then um, so I ended up. Hey, Mustafa, to add on to that, what was yeah. the main difference you playing with, for example, Peckham All Stars, and then moving into that Gillingham and actual academy system? Total different ballgame. Total different because when I when I was at Peckham All Stars, I walked in the building and everybody knew who I was, and straight away I've got this. Confident. Back, like I'm, I'm confident and I know I can do anything. And then I go into Gillingham and I'm like, shit, these boys have been there since they were like seven, eight years old. So, and then you, you kind of see the levels. Like a lot of the things, don't get me wrong, ability-wise, I was probably better than all of them. Better than all of them, but they know how to do the simple things really good. Mm, yeah. And that's the, that's the difference. And I've always yeah. said, that's why I feel a lot of players in Peckham, because I don't think I was the best player growing up in Peckham. I felt like there was at least three or four that were a lot better than me. Give, and, them, a, give them a shout, Moose. And you, I'd say, do you know, do you know Remain? Yeah. Yeah, Remain, he was good. Yeah, yeah. Remain, Remain was out of this world. Like, mm. he should have been making millions. And I've always said that. Like, ability-wise, I don't think even throughout my pro- professional clubs that I've been at, I don't think I've seen somebody with that type of, that just natural natural ability. And then you've got, um, there was a boy called David, he was at Gillingham with me, very good. Um, Dorian Smith, very good player. You're, I personally think he you're just, better than Dorian, personally. But Dorian, t- to be fair though, he's very, it's hard to compare because obviously I'm an, I'm an attacker and Dorian's a midfielder. And I felt like he should have done a lot, like if, if he didn't have the injuries that he did have, I think he would have at least had a decent career in the game. I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, Dorian was silly for me. For someone Dorian so tall, very good. like natural ability, yeah, yeah, and heavy, and he, like, exactly, he was a very, very, very good player. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then um, what happened now? And then yeah, I just obviously playing locally, and then um. Ended up going to Woking. They had like a college, you know, when you do the college football thing. Yeah. So when I left school, I ended up going there with Dorian, and um, we had we had we had a, we had a, we had a decent team, and it was weird because for the first um, six months I was there, I didn't play at all. I couldn't get in the team. Why do you think um, it was? Um, they kind of played the second years. You know when you go into youth team football? Yeah. The second years have always got that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They've always got that power and they play. So I, f- I feel like that's what it was. And, I, and maybe I might not have even been as, as good as at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then um, randomly I get a, literally a phone call from my friend Tom Ahmed. And he just said to me, oh, listen, I'm going on trial at Swindon. Um, do you fancy coming? Like I told them about you, they need two wingers. And I literally went down there on an um, open trial thing. And I remember we literally got there, played an 11-a-side game against Yeovil. Um, and I scored in like the, in the first five minutes. 
and then um, played really well. And then at halftime, at the time, Dennis Wise and Poyet were the um, first team coach and the manager. And um, yeah, Dennis Wise pulled me off the pitch and just said, listen, we're signing you. That's, that was that's where it just started. Can, can, I, can I just ask you something there, Moss? Um, yeah. It's brilliant that you, you know, you've almost, you've gone away from pro football to walking. I, I know these um, college programmes very well. I used to coach the youth, yeah. Kerry Harriers. Um, okay. And we had three or four that went on and and are making it Kennedy, Diggy and Luke Maxwell. They're still playing uh, conference and, 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 and sort of League Two. But yeah, yeah. at that point, did you think you've still got a chance to make it? When you were yeah, hundred percent, Like I always, I've always believed in myself. Like I'm, I'm the type of person. Like I remember my teachers used to be like, "Oh, what happens if you break your leg?" And I'm going to be like, "Listen, I'm going to be a professional footballer, and you'll see." And I've always, I've always said it. Like even my friends that I used to hang around with in Peckham, they say it till today. Like every time I meet up with them, they go, "Moshi, you actually did say you're going to be a professional footballer." So I feel like you kind of have to believe it, or what's the point, really? Must can I mean, because there's going to be so many, there's going to be so many setbacks. Yeah. So if you don't, if you're if you're sixty percent believing it, then once once you have a few setbacks, then you're kind of done. Most, you know what what's, what's the difference in confidence? You believe that you was always going to be a professional footballer, and when it comes to game time, why doesn't that confidence translate from there to the other scenario? No, it's not, you know what? It's not the confidence of ah, uh, I might. It, it's more the fear of playing rubbish. Okay. Okay. Like okay. I know when I go on the pitch, I'm going to do. If if you give me the ball. Chances are I'm going to play really well. Okay. But then it's just that fear of, imagine I don't play well or we're going to lose or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen a sports fan? And that's why I say it's not good. I've, I've spoken to a few. I've spoken to a few, but I feel like this is just how I am because my mum's like that. Okay. My mum's exactly the same. So I just think like it's just something that's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, it's an interesting one. Apparently, Alan Hansen used to be physically sick before every game. He got so nervous, you know. Thing, thing, he was the same. I played um, Jonathan Woodgate. Serious? Oh, was he? No joke. Wow. You, I have never seen anybody like it. Wow. We used to be sat in the change room before a game, yeah. And and I remember one time I just had to pull him. I said, Woody, like, what? Why are you always like agitated before a game? He's like, Moss, I'm fucking shitting it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jonathan Woodgate. And I used to be like, I used to be like, and, 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 I, and I went to him, and I went to him, Woody, but you played at Real Madrid, you played everywhere. He said, Moss, I'm like this every single game. Wow. And he literally can't sit down. He's walking around like, wow. like he's about to collapse. It's weird. They said That's the same thing about Thiago Silva. He's not manager. Huh? But then, but then, then again, though, I know so many players like that. Yeah. Like, so many players I've played with. Yeah. And they're like, bro, like, you don't understand how anxious I get before a game. Yeah. But then, Jonathan Woodgate, if you've seen him on a pitch, he's the most chilled out player you've ever seen. Yeah. 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 He is so chilled, it's unreal. Yeah. But before the game, and, and but people don't believe that about me because I'm so relaxed in the game as well. I'm not yeah. the, that type of person that runs around and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting. So, so, I mean, do you think, you know how a lot of people say you need luck in the game? And do you think yes. part of your little bit of luck was the call from your mate to go to Swindon? Yeah. Just things like that. And obviously injuries and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. like imagine imagine if I didn't get the call, I would have probably gone my, done a second year at Woking and then yeah. you never know. I could have just kind of fizzled out and just played in, played in the lower leagues. But then I went Swindon and literally like I kind of just kind of set the house on fire. I was training with the first team within like two months. And to be fair, the youth team coach and that helped me. Yeah. 
At the time, it was um, David Lee was a centre-back at Chelsea before. Yeah. A long time ago. And, um, yeah, and he just literally took to me like, to the point where like, he used to say to me, like, listen, if you score today, I'm going to buy you McDonald's after the game. <laughs> and, like, and, but, like, we had a really good youth team. We did well in the youth cup. Yeah. Um, and then, and then um, Dennis Wise ended up leaving. Yeah. Um, and then and Paul Lynch, obviously, he was a player coach at the time and ended up taking me to um, Macclesfield at the time. I was gonna end up. I was gonna sign there, but then he he told me as I was literally on the. I remember I was on the bus from Peckham, going to. I was at Burgess Park, and Paul Ince rang my mum and said, "Listen, get off the bus. Um, I'm getting a job at MK Don, and I'm gonna take Moz with me." And then yeah, I just ended up going MK Don. Oh, so, so say say say. Was quick quick question regarding that two things actually. Yeah. Um, one, mm-hmm. um, how old was you at Swindon? When I was at Swindon, I joined that 17. 17, okay. Yeah. And two? So I went in there as my second year scholar. Cool. And two, what was it like being managed by like Dennis Wise, mm-hmm. like the guy you've seen on TV, the Chelsea captain and uh, Mr. Hardman and all mm-hmm. that stuff? What was that feeling? Yeah. No, he's, he's really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> he's really, really hard, man. Like, it's no joke. Like, he can run more than anyone. He's technically good. He's just a madman, but the thing he's worse than him, Gus Poyet. <laughs> Gus Poyet yeah. is worse than Dennis Wise. He's an absolute cannon <laughs> and technically a joke. Yeah. And then Paul Lynch was the and then Paul Lynch, Paul Lynch was the first thing coach, so you got three cannons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did you start? Um, no, it was they were they were like they were proper, like they proper looked after me. Like they proper kept me in check if I was late. Yeah, mo- made me run. I used to wash I used to wash all their boots. So if even the tongue was a little bit wet. I was running. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Let me speak on that quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw an, art- an article you put out with Guardian talking about yeah. um, sort of the managers you've worked on now. Yeah. So how important is it to sort of have someone like take take you under their wing sort of as, most, when you're growing up? The most important thing in football. Yeah. The most important thing in football. I think, I think if there's anything you need in football, I'd put it ab- I'd put it above luck. Wow. Because if you have a manager that backs you, yeah. you can, you play, like, I, I, I remember, I finish games sometime and I'll be like, how the hell did I even do that? <laughs> and that was just because I knew yeah. that the manager backed me. Even if I didn't play, even if I didn't play good for two games, I was going to still play. Yeah. yeah. And when you, when you know that manager backs you like that, yeah. it is, like, ask any footballer you meet and they'll tell you the best part of their career is when they had a manager that they knew would fight a board member if he even questioned your name. Yeah. And I guess that's more you important I mean? when you're younger than... That's, oh, yeah, 100%. Older. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. That was the question I was going to ask as well, Charles, funnily enough, seriously. Uh, I was just going to say... 100%. At, at 17, 18, you think that's the turning point, isn't it? If you get somebody that has faith in you. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like when Paul Lynch, when Paul Lynch took me, he, he was, I was literally, I was literally like his son. Really? Like everybody used to call me like his son. Like he used to take, I used to go to his house, chill with Thomas. Yeah. Thomas Intrude's playing at, um, where's he, where's he now? Stoke now. Oh, lovely football. And, um, lovely football. Yeah. Very good player. Yeah. And um, yeah, we used to, he used to literally make, make me stay back, taught me how to kick with my left foot. 
and um, yeah, man, just just proper look, proper looks after me. Like even in in terms of my contract, like out of all the younger boys there, like he gave me more money. And really, really, I hadn't really been in that in, in that you know what I mean in that first team type of environment. Why do you think he he gave that attention to you mostly? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but he's just I, I don't know. He just showed he just showed me love, and then. Obviously, I ended up like me and me and him always laugh about it when I whenever I see him because I ended up obviously getting him the sack at Blackpool <laughs> <laughs> because we played we played we played them we played them and uh, um, we beat them two 0 and I scored both goals at Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah. So, so and he ended up getting sacked straight after the game. Oh no! That's a, that's a, yeah. But do you know, <laughs> a great transition over to the to the, the main bit now. See now. You've gone yeah. through the youth leagues. You've gone. You're yeah. now basically now part of the big boys. So, when did you yeah. sign your first professional contract? Well, I signed uh, MK Dons at 18. Yeah. And then um, stop you there, famous. What was that feeling yeah. growing up? Because I finally did it. How did you feel that time? You know what? Yeah, I don't think I, I didn't think like I finally did it. You know, like I can't remember. I can't remember me. Obviously, I was buzzing. But, like, Paul Lynch was such a straight man. Like, he just sat down to me and said, like, listen, this is, this is nothing. And, like, he literally looked at it as if nothing because he's been at Man, Man United, Liverpool, Inter Milan, you know what I mean? And he just said, like, listen, I, I feel like you're going to be a top player. And, um, but, obviously, you just, you, you just got to kick on. And straight away, I remember I signed and we played a League Cup game. And we played Sheffield United, who were in the championship at the time. Yeah. And it's the biggest humbling experience I've ever had. I played in a game. I've never been so nervous in my life. I, remember I played for 60 minutes. Didn't give away the ball for 60 minutes, but I didn't do anything for 60 minutes. I literally got it, passed it, got it, passed it, played so safe. And he literally caned me after the game. And he said, listen, if the next time I play you, and you don't take a risk and try and take that um, right back, um, the left back or right back on a hundred times and lose it ninety nine times. You ain't playing wow. ever again for me. And he was just like, "Listen, there is uh, like you've got way too much ability to go on a pitch and play safe. Yeah, you can't do it, or you're just going to end up a normal player." And I remember, and I remember after it, um, he literally sent me out on loan because he knew that I needed to play and. Learn like how to play the man's game. How much yeah, did that stick with you? Holy town. You know, if bro, the it was the most humbling thing ever. Yeah. I remember, no, no joke. I but like I kind of had to explain to him like I was so nervous. It was so nervous I couldn't hear the players calling for the ball. Oh, All wow. I could hear was a ringing sign for the whole time. It was mad. And like, and like at the time, I'm thinking I'm having a good game because I'm not giving away the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's my first game and I'm thinking, oh, let me just keep it nice and tight. <laughs> but every time I'm getting the ball, he's screaming at me, take him on, take him on. And I'm, I'm, I'm turning back and giving it to the left back. And he just lost it and dragged me out 60 minutes. He said, get off the pitch. But it's funny that. It's a great story. Moose. And don't, don't you think that's why he loved you so much? Because you could do things as a player that he even himself couldn't do. Yeah. And and that's why that's why he pushed me so much. Yeah. Like he literally pushed me because because the thing was in the preseason I I was playing for the first team and smashing it. Yeah. So he was just like, well, you have your opportunity. You have a big opportunity in front of all the fans. 
brand new stadium against a championship club and you don't try and, you know what I mean? Yeah. You said you could play really well here, people are watching and you can get a move. Yeah. And, and that's what it just taught me. It just taught me like, listen, whenever you go on that pitch, you just got to play. Yeah. You got to play like you and obviously just try and accept that you, there's no such thing as a perfect game. Of course. No, 100%. 100%. So, what um, where did you go after MK Dons? Um, after MK Dons, I went on loan to Crawley for a season. Yeah. And I think that was the defining moment in my career. Because I was thrown in at the deep end. Like, I didn't want to go at the time. I was scared because all I was thinking is, shit, if I go to the conference and don't play well, yeah. then where do I go yeah. from here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I actually went, played really well. Didn't score many goals. I think I scored like three or four goals. I scored on my debut in the FA Cup against Aldershot. Right. And um, yeah, Steve Evans was my manager, and yeah, he was just a cannon. And but like, I, I like at the time, I hated him because I was like, bro, this guy is literally trying to finish my career. Like he was just on to me. You, if you watch my games, all you can hear is Mose, Mose. <laughs> if you don't fucking take him on. You're coming off, you got and and then he used to stand on the sideline and go, You got five minutes or you're coming off. And I'm I'm talking, there's ten minutes gone in the game. <laughs> and he's telling me I've got five minutes to go. And like and like and like at the time, um there was one of my friends was the captain there, Glenn Wilson, and he took me under his wing. And like he literally kept me sane because I could have lit there were so many days I woke up in the morning and thought, you know, I ain't going training. Really? This guy's a prick. Wow. Yeah, like he'd be screaming in your face. You can't do anything. And you know, sometimes you just want that peck up. You just want that. <laughs> you <in> <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, no. To be fair, like me and him, obviously, he ended up he ended up signing me. Obviously, at Leeds when I came back from my um, cruciate ligament um, injury. So, um, and me and him always laugh about it. So yeah, you it, was, no, it was it was good. Region as well, man. So you know. He is. That's what I mean. He's just, he's, he's just, he's, he's all talk though, isn't it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> he's all talk. But um, no, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy, man. He's a good guy. But at the time, I just thought, oh, what a cock. <laughs> yeah. How old were you then? Um, at the time, I think I was nineteen. Oh well, nineteen, yeah. And then I was, I was there, I was there for the whole year. And then um, Paul Lintz ended up leaving. Roberto Di Matteo came in and literally just got rid of all the young boys. He was just like, listen, you lot ain't going to play. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I'd played against Torquay that year. Yeah. And um, they ended up, I ended up signing a two-year two year deal there. I was there for two years. The first year we got promoted. Um, and then, yeah, that's when it started. I was in League Two, played really well in League Two. And then... Um, they offered me a new contract to stay. I lied to them and said, um, and the fans came me about it till today. <laughs> I, um, I lied to them and said I wanted to move back home because I was homesick from Torquay. Oh, really? And then um, ended up signing at Lincoln, <laughs> and which was pros- was my worst move I've ever made. Oh, wow. Because I, ma- I made it for all the wrong reasons. Um, what was, what was couple the of reasons? A couple of my friends was there. Moses Swebu was there. Oh, and right, um, yeah. Albert Jarrett. Albert Jarrett were there, and I ended up going there because they were there. Uh-huh. I was going to add on to that. So and, was... and 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 it was obviously good money. And Chris Sutton was Chris Sutton was the manager at the time. Obviously, he he kind of he kind of sucked me in. Right. 
that's mm-hmm. actually bang on, on track in the sense that I was going to say, mm-hmm. at that time, you're, you're now living, I'm assuming you're living by yourself, or are you still in digs, or what, what are you doing? Uh, well, where? At, uh, at Milton Keys to, to Lincoln. What was you, what was you doing? Um, well, no, Milton Keys, I was in digs, and then um, in um, Torquay, I was renting with one of my friends, one of my teammates. And um, Lincoln, Lincoln, yeah, Lincoln was carnage. Oof, like five of us lived in one house. So it was absolute carnage. So what was that like? So what is actually like being a professional footballer? You train, obviously, Monday to whatever days you do. And outside of football, what's the life like as a non-league, non-league slash uh, um, lower league professional footballer? Mm. Well, at the t- yeah, at the time, I was in League Two um, at um, Lincoln... Lincoln and Torquay for my second year. Um, you know what? It was it was all right. Like yes, I, I was still earning really good money. I think at the time I was earning like a thousand pound a week, and I was only I was only what nineteen, going on twenty. So um, yeah, it was no no no. At the time, no. When I was no Lincoln, I would have been twenty 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 one. So like you're you're, you're on thousand pound a week. You have got no bills to pay because they put you up in a house. So you just literally just spunking your money in it. We were just partying, <laughs> driving Mercedes, <laughs> driving compressors. <laughs> um, yeah, we we thought we thought, we thought we were living the dream. So did you have anyone to, to speak to regarding the financial side of things, or was you just no, no one at all? Nah, nah, just winging it, innit? <laughs> just 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 spend it because you know it's coming back at the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you think did did that impact your fitness a lifestyle thing or did you make sure that you you only did it Saturday nights or the, the night after the nah. match or uh, when I was at Lincoln when I was at Lincoln there was a shambles I pulled my hamstring five times in one season oh wow wow yeah because you didn't take care we're of just going nah we're just going out student nights every week wow okay <laughs> yeah it was a shambles lesson to be learned there kids listening hundred <laughs> percent don't do it who was your manager at Torquay. Yeah. Um, Paul Buckle. Right, yeah. Yeah, Paul Buckle, yeah. But how- and then, um, yeah, right, I, so I ended up leaving him. Yeah. Um, and it was weird because me and him had a weird love-hate relationship and that's why I didn't want to stay at Torquay. Right. Because um, he'd play me and I'd play really well and then he'd take me out of the team and I was just like, what? Like, and then teams would be watching me and then he wouldn't play me anymore. And it was just like, bro, what the hell was going on? Yeah. But then obviously I ended up leaving Lincoln um, at the end of the season. And they, Bristol, he, Paul Buckle, got the Bristol Rovers job and bought me from Lincoln. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So I ended up going, going back to Bristol Rovers. But then it was weird because I went Bristol Rovers and then he didn't play me again. <laughs> so like, I was like, what the hell? And um, yeah, he ended up he ended up getting the sack, and then um, Mark McGee came in. And like when I talk about when a, when you know when a manager has faith in you, I don't think I've had a manager who had more faith in me than Mark McGee. Really? Yeah, un- unbelievable. More than Pulis? Like I remember it was huh? more than Kinsey. No, both of them I'd say neck and neck because they came at different parts of my career. Yeah. Yeah, but like Mark McGee, literally, I, no joke. I used to walk into the, I, I used to walk in the um, change room. He'd call me out and go, oh, and he'd be joking around. What position you want to play? You can play anywhere on the pitch you want today. <laughs> like literally, like we used to have a team talk before the game, 
and he'd be like to the to the players, like, listen, give Muzzy the ball. If Muzzy plays well, we win. Wow. Uh-huh. Like, and I just had like the craziest confidence. Like, I used to go on, like, he used to just say to me, listen, you're the best player in League Two, and you like hands down, just go and show it every week. Right. And I literally just played out like and just played really well. And then um January came. I remember, and he had only been at the club for just over a month, for a month and a half, and I was playing really well. Yeah. And um, Barnsley tried to buy me. So obviously, I'm thinking, shit, I'm going from League Two straight to the champ. Yeah. Absolutely buzzing. He turns it down. So my agent's ringing me. My agent's ringing me. Like, it's one week before the transfer window shuts. And I'm trying to force a move. Um, so the. the How do you force so, a move, Moose? Well, I'm just saying to them, like, listen, like, I've got a chance of playing the championship, earn really good money, be able to take care of my family, and you lot are stopping me from doing it. Kind of thing. And what yeah. was their response? But obviously, at the time, at the time, no, his risk, the club's response were, listen, you're not going nowhere. We're not selling you. Like, you've got to finish the season here. But he, to be fair, he pulled me in. I'm No, he didn't pull me in. I went and attacked him. So... The day of the transfer window shutting, my agent goes, um, Barnsley have offered what Bristol Rovers want, but Mark McGee don't want you to go. So you need to go to his hotel uh, and speak to him. So I go, he's staying in the hotel at the time. Me and him are arguing in the lobby. No joke. Everybody's watching us. Wow. And I'm going, and I'm, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, you're going, you're fucking up my career. No, 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 no. In the end, like, he tells me to calm down. He sits me down and goes, listen, man. You are way too good to go and play at Barnsley. And I'm looking at him like, what? I'm in League Two and you're telling me I'm too good to go and play at Barnsley. <laughs> what are you? You know, at first I'm like, is he patronising me? Like, what's, he, what's he giving yeah. me? So he's like, listen, Moz, if there's any time you're going to trust somebody in your career, it's now. He said, please trust me that you, I, you will get a better move if you stay here till the end of the season. And I remember I just literally stormed out raging. Um, and then yeah the rest was history I played really well for the rest of the season and I played really well for the rest of the season because I knew in my head all I was thinking is listen if championship team if a championship team wants me that means I must be the best player in this league yeah so yeah I just ended up ripping it up and then um, at the end of the season I had a choice to go Leicester or Middlesbrough wow yeah what division will be at the same most both championship yeah yeah, both championship, yeah. Yeah. Both championship. Why did you pick I picked Middlesbrough at the time because Tony Mowbray was there and they played really, really good football. And he's he like really emphasizes really good football. And um and he had come down, he had come to watch me himself about three times before he bought me. And I remember the last game of the season in League Two. I played at Dagenham and Redbridge in London. Um, and he was there for 45 minutes of the game. And then um, I, I literally turned it on for 45 minutes of the game. And then he left. And Mark McGee literally called me over and said, listen, Tony Mowbray's gone. You can, you can chill now. And I literally, he just said, don't get injured. Don't go into any tackles. And um, yeah, after the game, they put in an offer for me. It, it rambled on for like the whole summer because Bristol Rovers were trying to hold out for as much as they could. Yeah. And um, yeah, I ended up. I ended up moving. So, are you glad that you listened to Mark McGee in the end? 
hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Like every time I see him, I'm like, listen, you, you, really, he, he, he could have saved my career, really, because you don't know how it could have gone the other way. Yeah. No, I mean. Do you, do you find that guys like that, he had a fantastic playing career himself, didn't he? Obviously, he probably yeah. told you the stories yeah. about beating Real yeah, Madrid yeah. and stuff and playing for Hamburg. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that you, you, you have more respect automatically for guys like that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, I remember I seen him when we were playing in the playoff final and I was just like to him, like, listen, I can't, I can't even thank you enough. I literally couldn't because I was like... Because... I would have moved to Barnsley in January and they got relegated at the end of the season. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, I was... And then, obviously, Middlesbrough were one of the biggest clubs in the league yeah. at the time. So, yeah. for me, it was just like, shit, I'm hitting the jackpot here. So, yeah. I, I, you was at Middlesbrough for... Um, you was at Middlesbrough for contract for four years. And yeah. I remember watching you, like, on Sky Sports News, thinking, yes, like, he made it. He did his thing. Like, we're so happy mm-hmm. for you. And then I remember, yeah. like, I think it was one season, you absolutely killed it. Um, but my yeah. only memory of you in Middlesbrough is that I always see you being injured. So what was that like, always being known for being injured? No, you know what? I weren't injured that much. I just had... At Middlesbrough, at the... let me try and think of how many injuries I I think I pulled my... I remember I pulled in my hamstring in the first game for Middlesbrough I played. It was only just a little tweak. I remember coming off. And then I remember playing my second game, playing against Gillingham in the League Cup. I scored and did my cartilage. Like, it was the worst luck ever. Ugh. And then I was literally out for four months. Four months. I came back in January, scored on my return, and like played really well to the end of the season. The second season played all that season. I played every, basically every game. And then... Um, and then did my crucia in March. Wow. I did my crucia, and then obviously after that, I was out for thirteen months. Wow. Yeah. That's just bad luck. <laughs> yeah, that that well, to, to be fair, my knee, my knee, my knee one, it was just it happened in the 89th minute of the game. Oh. I was tired and like mm. um, I just literally just got a nudge in the back and tripped over the ball and just yeah, done everything. How did you cope mentally? Um, you know what the the, the the good thing they did was um, when I did my when I did my knee, I um, they let me stay in London for four, for the first four months of my rehab. So I was going to a place in central London. Yeah. They um, can't even remember the name now, but um, they all the players, all the players go there. They're Italian, like knee specialists and whatever. So um, I did it for four months there. So I was back. I was at home with my friends and that. So it weren't as bad. Yeah. But then when I had to go up back up to Middlesbrough and training two to three times a day, it was tough. Yeah. I can't even lie. Like I was, you just end up going out. You have to go out, or if you if you don't go out, you just drive yourself mad. Yeah. I was literally just going Newcastle every weekend and. Yeah, yeah, thirteen months. And were you were you renting up there in Middlesbrough? Or did they... Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah, I would have never bought. To be fair, the minute I bought, the minute I signed for the club, Mowbray said, "Whatever you do, don't buy a house here." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "You will not be able to sell it." <laughs> That's some great advice. So, yeah, right. I, so, so yeah, right. Always, I always rented. 
Yeah. On, yeah. on, on yeah. that bit, actually, um, was, um, just a bit of backtrack a little bit. Earlier on, we mentioned what's the difference between yeah. um, playing in the local area of Peckham the academy. So what is the difference playing from League 2 slash non-League 2 the Championship? Is there a big difference? Yeah. Big difference in a... The, obviously, the quality is different, and the pace of the game is totally different. Like, um, it's just like it's just like when we, when I've, I've been in a champ and we played against League Two clubs in the cup, and you know it. Don't matter how well they play for sixty minutes, after that they're gonna burn out and we're just gonna beat you. Because you, it's like it's like the 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 higher you go, the more physically stronger, fitter players are. Right. Like, it's weird. I don't understand it. But then, I found it better playing in the Championship than playing in League Two. Because I was playing with better players. You had time on the ball. I was just going to ask and, as well. Yeah. Is there players that you've seen that are, are that cannot have um, conference but are great in the Championship? Yeah. I played... Well, I played better in the Championship than I played in the conference. So, like, it's, it's hard. It's harder. It's, and a lot, of the, a lot of the time, it's the style of play as well. Yeah. yeah. Because you can have the best player, you can have. I have seen some talented players playing the conference. I love conference football. I always watch it. Loads of my friends, my close friends, play there. Um, so I'm always watching. It. And like you'll see some players, and I'm like, listen, he could play high, yeah, higher. And like my friends will be like, no, nah, man, look at him. And I'm like, listen, I'm telling you, if he was around better players, getting the ball and 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 coached, he'd he'd, he'd play higher easily. Why, why, do you, why do you think there's not enough that, that happens? Because I'm a big fan of that as well. Um, and, um, yeah. You know, I, I, as I say, when I was at Kerry Harriers, we had a couple that went on. I mean, Marvin Johnson was at yeah. Kerry Harriers when I was there. I didn't get involved. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, He's got a, having a great career. Um, yeah. But, but there's probably more could do it, isn't there? What, 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 oh, 100%. What do you think the reason is that we don't get the chance? It's the luck and I feel like it's just that risk uh, yeah, that's what. I... Yeah, it's the risk. It's the risk factor. Yeah, and and now because you try and take someone from a conference club and they'll turn around and say, "Give me a meal," because yeah. Vardy got taken for a meal. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So a club's gonna go, "Well, no." Like I'd rather take someone from League One or someone that's out of contract in a Championship. Yeah. That I know that is gonna play. You know exactly what I'm gonna get from him. Yeah. Rather than take that big risk, you know what I mean? Moose, yeah. I got a, I got a question that might be a bit difficult yeah. to uh, answer. Yeah. Growing up, obviously, you might have felt that you wanted to play in the Premier League, and it was your dream to play in the mm. Premier League. Yeah. At what point did you feel like that dream was too far of a reach, or you just felt like you wanted to settle for what you have? After I did my knee, yeah. I remember, yeah, no joke. I remember doing my knee. I, w- I went down, like when I did it, I blacked out. Yeah, really. On the pitch, and I remember the, the doctor waking me up, and the first thing that f- went through my head is, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not moving to the premises. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how, how like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything that was wrong with yeah. me, but I just knew, like the way my body went into panic, yeah. mode, like into a shock. Really? I knew I'd done something serious. Yeah. You got how? And like, I'd, how old were you then? Huh? I was twenty five. Right. Okay. Twenty five, yeah. You was gonna mention earlier a story I, about going to the Prem, about yeah. the clubs being after you. So could you go and have a fair over that? Um, well, to be fair, at, at the time at Middlesbrough, I was playing obviously really well. I thought Karanka was a manager. And um 
me and him had a, another love-hate relationship. The club wanted me to sign a new contract. And I was like, listen, I'm playing really well. I'm top goal scorer of the club. And I got a chance to move. So, turned down the contract. And, like, it was rambling on for ages. And then, um, so, um, a few clubs obviously wanted me. I had probably about four or five clubs speaking to the club. And I wanted to go to Swansea because, obviously, everybody knows Swansea's good for that. They they love wingers. Yeah, play really good football, attacking football. So I wanted to go there, and um, they were obviously saying like, "Listen, you can still sign a contract," and obviously trying to get the max that they could. Um, I ended up falling out with um, Karanka. Um, he didn't play me for two weeks, and um, he literally just said to me like, "Listen, you ain't gonna play him until you apologize." And I was just like to him, "I ain't apologizing." I said, "I said to him." Like, listen, I've been your best player. And for you to treat me the way you do, I feel like it's really unfair. And, um, yeah, I ended up, I literally ended up playing, coming back and playing because the the chairman forced him to play me. And he just said to him, like, listen, if you don't want him, just play him. And um, so we can obviously sell him for as much as we can. Yeah. And I ended up, I remember I'd missed two weeks, weren't allowed to train with the team, nothing. I came back, played on a Saturday, scored, played on a Tuesday, scored, and then did my crew shot on a Saturday. Oh, man. But then that was just because I think I, I always said, and I said, and doctors agreed with me that I shouldn't have played three games in a week after not training for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But obviously, it's just that's, that's, that's sometimes a, that little piece of luck that you need, though. Do yeah. you remember what the argument was over? Um, yeah. So. <laughs> So we played before the Watford game. Before the Watford game, when me and him had an argument, we played against um, Blackburn and I scored, played really well. But I felt my hip flexor like 20 minutes before the game. And I was like, listen, I need to come off because I'm feeling really tired. I come off. We go to play Watford. But you got to think at the time, like I'm highest, I'm the top goal scorer, highest assist, everything. We go to play Watford and he don't play me. So I'm like, what the hell? Didn't say anything to me. Um, we we I, I come on, played all right, and then um, he goes, he he picks up the match program and like ticks people's names off like who can have a two day two days off, and you got to think we live in Middlesbrough where we never ate where, like it's literally impossible to get to London, like we're so far. So obviously I'd played every game or whatever and. He didn't tick my name. Ticked off all the other London boys and said they could have two days off. Like, boys that weren't even playing and made me travel back up to Middlesbrough. And I literally lost it. Right. And like, I just felt like he was just treating me so unfairly. Like, I was just like, nah, I'm not playing for this guy anymore. Yeah. yeah. He's taking a piss. And that's, that, that's right. obviously a difficult situation because, you know, you want to play, but you don't want to play for him. The chairman wants you to play yeah. so you can get value for him and so yeah yes it's probably the worst situation you can be in as a young pro I think yeah. oh yeah the worst because you got you got you got no control over no. it and then no. and then really I shouldn't be like that because I should have just put my pride to the side and you know what yeah. let me go on the pitch and just show him yeah but you don't know what I mean? you don't know that you're about 50 mate that's the thing <laughs> this 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 and that's, that's that's the thing but like but like it had been rambling on it had been rambling on like for weeks like I remember like, I'd score 
I'd score like and celebrate and like you know I can just feel his aura. It was like he's pissed that I scored. Oh, wow. And like in the end, in the end, I started antagonizing him. Like I'd score <laughs> and do a celebration, yeah. and do a celebration that I know he didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> See, it, to I mean? be fair, it's a bit petty of him as well, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like. No, 100%. Like, and that's my thing. Yeah. And like, all the players couldn't understand it because they're like, well, he's playing so well. Yeah. Like, how can you have a problem Just with him? Be, and be the worst thing is, I'm not even one of them people that are loud around the training ground or yeah. in any way. Yeah. So, where, where, where did you go after I, Middlesbrough? I end up... No, so I did my knee and I came back, um, signed a new contract yeah. because they wouldn't let me go out and loan until I signed a new contract. Yeah. And then um, I went on loan to... So I came back right at the end of the season. And I played in a reserve game um, for my first game back against Brighton. Yeah. And they ended up taking me. Um, Chris Hewton was the manager. Oh. And he's an absolute legend. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, absolute legend. Fantastic. Like, I remember him, he, he pulled me uh, after a few, few training sessions. And I had a clause in my contract that I had to play seven championships because obviously my injury was that serious. They didn't think I'd be able to play again. Right. Like anywhere close to the level that, you know what I mean, that I'd been playing at. So um, I had a clause in my contract that I had to play seven games and then my salary would go up to the money that I actually deserved. Yeah. So I'd agreed just a little bit less. A bit less. And um, he just pulled me and said, oh, how many games? I've, I've heard you've got a clause in your contract. And I was like, yeah, um, I've got to make seven championship starts. And he was just like, listen, you're going to play seven straight games then. Brilliant. And, and um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I, was there, I was there for like six weeks, played the last seven games. And then um, I ended up the next season. I knew, like, me and, I knew it was done for me and Karanka. We were never going to see eye to eye again. Yeah. And um, I ended up going on to Huddersfield for the first half of the season. Who was that under? Um, it was under Chris Powell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chris Powell at the time. And then he left and then it was David Wagner. Mm. Really good coach. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, Leeds wanted me. And then, obviously, I went Leeds. You've got to go and play for Leeds if Leeds want you. Um, yeah. You, you, you know, see... <laughs> You said you said David Wagner was a good coach, yeah. Um, do you believe man management yeah. or actual coaching makes the biggest difference to the team or individual players? Man management. If 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 a if 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 a if a if a, if a coach can manage his players, they'll run through brick walls for him. Mm-hmm. So run not... through brick walls. So you can be the best. You can be the worst coach in the world. You treat your players with respect, yeah. Unbelievable. I'll give you. I'll give you another um, example. Mick McCarthy. Yeah. I went and played for him at Ipswich. What a ledge. Right. And and I wouldn't. And he he's 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 not as good coach as some of the play um, coaches I coached with. But because he has, he, he's so he's such a good man 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 manager. And another thing about it is. You just want an honest manager. Yeah. You don't want somebody that's going to tell you one thing and then behind your back to act, act in another way. And players can feel that. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the minute the minute you show them that signs of uh, they can't trust you, they kind of just pull away from you. Okay. 
You know what I mean? Because players, because a lot of the time you've got to think players have this attitude of, listen, we're going to be here longer than you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so unless, unless, unless you treat us, unless you treat us nice, you're gone. Is there any situation where you thought, like, and, 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 and I'm, sorry, so, Huh? Is there any situation where you thought the manager was actually going to outlast the players um, when it came to kind of like a Never. Okay. Never. No. Okay. It's no such thing. If the players don't like you, you're gone. Okay. You, you know what I mean? And that, that's, a, that's a great like, point. That is a great point. Yeah. Um, because obviously you want to have a great relationship with your manager because you'll help your career and you want success. You want yeah. the, the winning feeling in that. But you're spot on, mate. And it's, it's great to hear that it's the simple things you want from them. Trust, humility, respect. That's it. And honesty. Honesty. Sorry, that's yeah. all we want. Yeah. That is that is it. Yeah. Just 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 be honest. If I'm if I'm shit, tell me I'm shit. Yeah. If I play good, you know what I mean? Tell me I'm good. Yeah. Cool. But don't 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 um double deal you. Come yeah. after a game. Yeah, yeah, don't don't come after a game and I've played really well and then Try and cane me for one a, a bad touch that I had in the middle of the park. Because yeah. after that, you just look like a cop. Exactly. <laughs> I mean. So, too fast track, guys. Um, you left yeah. Leeds, went to Nottingham Forest for for two seasons, went to Ipswich Town for yeah, a season, did. and then after Ipswich, the interesting part. No, it, it, um, I, I I went I went um, I left. Um, I cancelled my contract at Nottingham Forest in January and played for Ipswich for the rest of the season. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then and to be fair, I would have I would have actually stayed there if Mick McCarthy was staying, but I knew he weren't staying, so I only signed for six months. Okay. And then right. you made yeah. the decision to move abroad. You went to yeah. I'm gonna yeah. the name um, I'm not gonna say the name justice. Apollon Limassol. Yeah. Apollon Limassol. Okay, thanks real well and most I was yeah. not getting that at all. <laughs> so <laughs> what's your what, league, man? <laughs> So what was the deciding factor? Think you know what? I'm done with the English league. I'm gonna go abroad. Yeah. And how did that happen with your agent? No, you know what? I was gonna go. I was gonna go abroad the season before. No. So the start of my second season at Nottingham Forest, um, I had two Turkish clubs um, tried to sign me, and um, at the time, Nottingham Forest were just hardballing. Like they did been offered what, what, what they valued me at um, and I was ready to go. Like, I, I got offered a really good contract and whatever. So, like, from early, I said to myself, like, there's no way I'm going to finish my career and just say I've played in England. Like, I've got to go and play elsewhere yeah. and, like, different cultures and just, just obviously, uh, you, I, I've always said, like, I want to finish my career and just go, you know what? I did everything that I wanted to do. Know what I mean? Did they play in the Champions League? No, we played Europa. That Europa, year. yeah, yeah. We played Europa, yeah, because we finished second in the league. Sorry. We finished second in the league, and then yeah, I went there. Really good run club. Like um, everyone's nice, training grounds nice, and really good players. Like we played some really good football. Played in the Europa. We played um, qualifiers. We beat Basel. Basel in the third. Um, third qualifiers, and then obviously we played in our group Frankfurt, Marseille, and Lazio. Wow. Yeah. So did you play? And did uh, you play in the... yeah, I played. Yeah. Well, so I played in the first three games. I played in the first three games, the first round, and then got injured, and I was injured for a while. Right. But um, yeah, I played in the first three games. Played Lazio. I got man of the match at Lazio. Wow. Played really well. 
like to be fair, were unreal that day. Like the Lazio fans were clapping us off the pitch. Really? Um, yeah, played really well. Um, we drew with Marseille the first time, two-two. At home, we should have beat them, and then Frankfurt. Like Frankfurt were different level last year. Right. They were different. Like they they are probably. Um, I think it's the only game I've ever played in my career and felt helpless. <laughs> Is that, was that like season? I couldn't wait? Yeah. Yeah, that's when um, they really... got to the final. Did they get to the final or did they get to the semis? Semis, semis. they got. They lost to Chelsea, innit? Yeah, with Jovic yeah. and. and yeah. Um, yeah. Did they have us Yeah. Wow. Listen, unbelievable. They had Drokic, the boy that was, that's gone Real Madrid. Yeah. They had Haller, yeah. the striker at West Ham. Rebic. Yeah, bro, they were unbelievable. Honestly, I play, We played that game, yeah, and the get the pitch felt like it was a five-side. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Every time, every time we touched the ball, it felt like they were in our pockets. Wow, it was mad. Right, yeah, it was. It was. It was really good. So, really what good. was it like? What's the no. the biggest difference, obviously, from the English league to playing in um, Greece? Um, it's a lot more technical. Okay. A lot more technical in the sense of everyone's trying to play good football. Yeah. Like the the tempos tempos slower, which which I've still kind of not really got the grips to where because in the championship I'm just told to just get it and you know what I mean one v one get a crossing, and then in, in uh, abroad it's like get it come inside and play a little one two and I'm like. Sometimes I'm looking at them like, mate, I can just take him on. <laughs> I don't even need to do the one-two. Do, do you, think that, you know what I mean? Do you think that attitude has, has hindered English clubs in um, European football? Um, yeah, because they... Mm, I don't know. Because there's, 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 there's two schools of thoughts. Like, either we try to replicate yeah. the, um, the way the foreign teams play or we play yeah. as English team play. Personally, I think that the way English yeah. teams play, we should try and make other teams play like that because no team, no foreign team is living, is going to live with an English team running back and forth. Yeah, 100%, yeah. But then, but then you play against, when you think about those, so some of the best, some of the best um, foreign clubs, they can mix both. Yeah. They can play really good football and if you want to get physical, let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like, I feel like a lot of the time it's just, it's just down to, Obviously, how they play because they they dominate the ball like that's their they emphasize that's their you know what I mean yeah that's their DNA we're gonna dominate the ball yeah and you might get lucky and have a few counter attacks and go and score and that's why that's why Man City are so good like obviously this year they've had obviously defensive issues and all of that but they're just when you when you when you play that type of football for the, ask anyone that's played that against those type of teams like you're helpless yeah. Mm. Like literally, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Like I could not even imagine playing against Barcelona when they had Wus Wus Iniesta and Xavi. Yeah, for me. That's like hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's culture. literally hell. That's 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 them games here. That's them games here when you're on the bench and you're buzzing. <laughs> yeah. The manager names the team and you're absolutely buzzing. <laughs> and then after that, after that season, so you was one, you was there for one season and then you moved on to yeah. moved to Turkey. Move to Adenar. Yeah, move to Turkey. Demisport. Yeah. Demisport. Uh, why did yeah. you move? Well, I, well, I, do you know what? Yeah, we. So, 
obviously in that league you got one Champions League space and then you got two Europa League yeah. Europa um, spaces. And um, obviously we're in the Europa we're in the Europa space. I think we ended up finishing third. I think where we should have won the league, but we just had such bad injuries, um, luck with injuries. And um, the club started like revamping the team, kind of getting rid of some players. And I kind of read the script and I knew that, like no disrespect to Cypriot football, like um, if I if it weren't going to be to play in the Europa, like there's no way I was going to stay. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously I'd, I've wanted to play in Turkey from before anyway. Okay. So, um, yeah, I kind of knew that they weren't going to play Europa and like I was, I was right in the end because they didn't end up qualifying. So I ended up, I ended up moving here. I had a few interests. I had some interest from top, top league teams, and Adana Demirspor and um, a few others in this league who had just gone down. And um, yeah, I ended up, ended up coming out. Ended up getting a better contract here, and obviously they're they're a big club, one of the um, richest clubs in Turkey, and they're um, yeah, just like a big support. They've got one of the biggest supporters. Like anyone. Anywhere you go and you say Adana Demirspor, everybody knows the club. So, one of the biggest clubs. Right. And what, are, are you still there now? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what length of contract have you got? Um, I've still got another year. Oh, great. Okay. What, yeah. what do you fancy after that? Um, you know what? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure, to be fair. Like, my missus loves it here. Like, my son was, my son was born here oh, wow. in February. Congratulations. So, um, thanks, man. So um, yeah, just just taking as it comes, yeah. aren't it? So so to round up, um, it's been a, it's yeah. been a really great conversation, Moss. Thank you mm. for joining us. But um, mm. what I wanted to go into, obviously, no problem, right now, is, there's been a lot of attention towards it regarding Black Lives Matter. So I wanted yeah. you to briefly, or not, maybe not even briefly, go to a more extensive look into what was it like growing up being the uh, black black kid trying to make it pro. And what is it like, one, being the black guy in, in abroad as well? So, if you can start for the first yeah. part, and what, what trials and tribulations you came across while she yeah. was growing up, or going into the football world. Yeah. Um, to be fair, in Peckham, not too much, I wouldn't say. I don't think I, I ever really got troubled. In terms of police and that, I can't say I was ever done wrong. Um, growing up or whatever, if if I had any run-ins in the police, it was because of my fault, hanging around with idiots <laughs> and us doing like silly things. But um, yeah, from like obviously, you, obviously, everybody everybody knows like you can't hide it. Like racism's everywhere. Um, to the point where like even when I was when I was a, when I'm you, you, I drive around in a nice car and everyone's looking at me and I'm driving through, I'm driving to my nice house and obviously. So a lot of white people around, and everyone's looking at me like, "Shit, he must is he either plays football, or a drug dealer, or he's a drug dealer." <laughs> that's the first thing. That's the first things I've been asked. Ah, oh, you play football? And I'm like, and straight away you. But like, I I, I believe that everyone everyone's kind of everyone's kind of judged. But in in it's 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 a problem. Like you can't you can't you can't obviously hide. I heard from the fact that it is a serious issue and and it's a big issue in football as well. Did, and it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing people speak about. Did you experience any racism in um, Cypriot football or Turkish football or in the countries? No, nah, not at all. Oh. Not at all. 
to be fair, I'm kind of happy I don't because I don't know how I'd react. Mm. <laughs> I actually don't, and I can't trust myself. So, <laughs> like, I'd actually, I'd actually hope that it never ever happens to me. Did you ever experience it in the lower leagues? Any, any, any racing at all, or did you experience it from no, that like, coach? Um, yeah, no, you have, you'd have, yeah, you'd have that little bit of banter. You'd have that little. I remember that little banter, like, oh, Muzz, you're gonna take your gloves off and that. <laughs> or, or like, like some of the boys will throw a banana at you or leave a banana like near your where, where you get changed and stuff like that. And like to think about it now, really, I should madness. have stuck it on all of them. Yeah, that's a madness. I think the, you know ba- I mean? the banana situation, but is like grace, actually. Yeah, but 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 because but because normally and like we 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 speak about it now. And like there was there was um something somebody tweeted the other day and I retweeted it and it was just like there's so many times here where we've had that little slide dig that racism towards us, but you kinda just laugh it off just to kind of fit in in the change room. Yeah. Where really you shouldn't. You kinda take it for football banter, but it's not because if they're bantering about that, that's something they actually think. Yeah. A banana is yeah. a fucking piss pick still. Like yeah, like I'm, we've I'm had I've I've that. had like you, 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 like you see it around yourself. Like if you speak to so many footballers and you think, why ain't this player played or why ain't this thingy? And a lot of the time, it's, it's, it's the colour of his skin. That, that's yeah. another thing. Like look at the, look at the way look at the way they turn around and say, oh yeah. And and this is this is the biggest part of the racism in football, I think anyway, personally from my experiences. You don't run, or. You you have a game where you're you're lacking a bit of energy. You're lazy. You um, if a player if a player if a player um, like say if I'm on the pitch, the manager screams screams over something, and I um, say what or like why are you screaming at me or whatever. I've got an attitude. attitude. But then if it's a white boy, if it's a white boy, he's got passion. Yeah, yeah. And they they just word they word everything different. Yeah, li- it's it's literally one for black players and one for white players. Yeah, I believe anyway. Yeah, look how look how like, look at like Grealish behave. That was that's fucking disgraceful, and it seems like it's just been glossed over. Like if if a you, and, did that, it'd be fucking dragged through the streets. Imagine, imagine, imagine Pogba did it. It'll be yeah. breaking news, mate, everywhere. <laughs> Can you imagine? They they talk about they talk about they talk about they have a problem with Pogba dancing. What has that got to do with anything with football? You're joking. What he can't he can't have a normal life. No. Do you know, you know what I mean? M- M- do you do you think that a lot of the young black lads that that the thinking that I can't really be myself in this environment, but I want to be in this 100%. environment? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. And that's ask the biggest any, problem. Ask whole. any ask any black guy. Ask any black guy that plays football. Are you yourself around the training ground? No, of course you're not. No. It's draining. Like you have to be some fake like robot, yeah, <laughs> because you can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, obviously, when like there, there is there is some guys that like I've played with, and they just don't care. Like, like one of my one of my closest friends, Albert Adoma, and me and him were at Middlesbrough, and me and him used to just dance in the change room. Like we don't care. Yeah. At the time, we were the best players there, so you can't do anything to us. Yeah, <laughs> but that, like that's the but best like, unless it, unless isn't it? no, hundred percent, hundred percent. But like, imagine like the place where you spend the, the most of your life, like you can't be yourself at. Yeah, 
or you can't be comfortable because they're gonna judge you. You can't and, and, you can't speak your mind because no. they're gonna say you got an attitude. Yeah. And there's nowhere for you to turn, there's no counselling, you know, you can't go and no. who can you talk to? Of course not. When you're when you're a footballer though, when you're a footballer it's just get on with it, isn't it? Yeah. You're paid you're paid you're paid you're paid too much money to be complained. Yeah. But I think along right. the mental health stuff, um, along with the Black Lives Matter um, scenario yeah. and the mental health issues, there's a fusion of the two there. There's got to be people have got to say, well, you know, if you're 19 years old, I don't care how tough you are on the street. If you've gone from from Peckham up to Middlesbrough, you need an arm around you sometimes. You need someone to be able to confide in. It can't always be your mum. It's got to be someone who understands the environment. And, yeah, and I yeah, think, yeah. Someone that's lived it. Someone that's lived absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. It's tough. Like, yeah. like so many players that move away. Like some of my friends play abroad now, and like we laugh about it now. Like, and we're just like, bro, yeah, I can't lie. It's not easy. No, and and, and and I don't blame. I don't blame. I don't blame players for not like in England, not going to play abroad. Yeah, because now I've lived it. Like it's actually not easy. Like now, now it's a lot, Cyprus. It was tough. Like now it's not easy. It's not that bad because my missus is here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like when you're on your own, like some of my friends are in Greece and Portugal and yeah, wherever. And it's 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 not easy. It's not easy. So what no. do you think needs yeah. to be done with regards in um football and uh I personally think the um the covert racism that takes place in football, yeah. what do you believe needs to be done to one take a step forward and two actually make a big difference? Do you think the Black Lives Matter T-shirt is that a good thing, or is it just a marketing scheme? What are your thoughts? Um, I just think if it carries on and there's racism, I think people, I, I think, I, I think, I think the players have just got to take it into their own hands and don't play. Yeah, walk off the pitch. No joke, because once mm. you start doing them, once you start doing them extreme stuff, that's the only time people listen. Yeah. Just like, just like the NBA. Like I'm a big NBA fan. Yeah, and like the NBA players, um, like Kyrie and um, Irving, and that, and some of them have been talking about not going to play um, for the restart because they're like, this is the time where we can actually fix this. But if we go back to playing and thinking, everybody's just going to forget of it. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're going to forget about it, and it's just going to be like, ah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like keep them quiet. So, like, I, f- I feel like I feel like it's just got it's it's got to be t- to that point where it's extreme, like. Make players comfortable enough that if, if there's any type of racism, ban- racism, um, racism comments or racist comments or co- um, banter or whatever, like they have somebody to to say it to. Yeah, and it's gonna and and they know that it's gonna be dealt with. Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest faults right. regarding into football regarding racism is is the crazy things where, for example, if a club, a player commits um, a racial slur, i.e., Suarez or they get fined yeah. X amount. But if a club, for example, throws a flare in the stadium, they get fined more than actually racist attack. I think that's the one yeah, big ridiculous. This is what I mean. It, it just shows you how it don't make any sense. It don't make any sense. Like the, the other day I'm looking at the um the protest. And you've got all the white guys all protesting. These are football fans that <laughs> cheer a black player on, on the Saturday. The black player scores and he's like he's gone. <laughs> But then you have a problem with black people. <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah. Like I'm literally looking at my phone on Instagram and thinking, what is what is this? Like it just don't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's no. 
it's I think it's it's got to be an educational thing from a younger age as well. I mean, that's the only way. And you know, every every structured environment's a chance to educate when you get young kids involved. So football academies have got a massive responsibility as well because that's the next generation yeah. coming through, and the families around them, and the fans, it's it, it, the school system. You know, because I, I think there's there's a, a generation now that that they're past savings. For what I better, yeah, 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 you know, people yeah. in their 60s, 70s, 80s, a lot. Oh, of yeah, yeah, it's yeah, they're fucking their way. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the old guy the other day tweet something. West Brom tweeted something, and he was like, Oh, well, you can throw my season ticket away. Oh, really? <laughs> because he tweeted something about Black Lives Matter. Have you seen West Brom's team? It's full of black players, yeah, in the, in the championship. This is the whole, the whole team's black. Yeah. I'm like, well, you you paid to watch this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it's insane. Like, these things, you just got to laugh. You just got to laugh, honestly. Yeah, but it's true though because I think that generations are past saving. They really are, and the focus yeah, has got yeah, to be no. on. You know, I, I think the having new generation, more, yeah, more black coaches in academies for a start. Yeah, because one hundred percent because it, it it will give it will give the players that comfortability as well to be able to act them act like them because you, they know that these you, you can resonate to that like the, these yeah. coaches are like me yeah where everyone else is not like me when I come from an when I come to an academy like I'm from Peckham like you don't know like I remember I remember when I remember when I was um academy when I was younger and they're teaching me how to speak oh you can't say them words because I was I was speaking in slang and I'm like well how do you want me to speak this I'll speak <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And like my mum used to go mad about it. Really? Yeah. She used to lose her rag over it. Yeah, of course. No, I can imagine. I, it's, my, my older boy was at Stoke City for a while. Errol Barrett was his coach. And, um, okay. He was fantastic. But he was just... Yeah. Nobody thought, oh, he's a black coach. They just thought he's a, an ex-pro who's a coach. And, and, and yeah. that was a great thing because what I've... Having worked in football a lot, and I tend to find a lot of the black guys that work in football, they're really, really fair end off. They don't favour yeah. black, young black players. They don't. No, they don't. They, they don't. don't. If anything, if anything, yeah, if anything, if anything, they're harder than black players. Sometimes they are because they. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're harder than them, and it, it, it it's a really interesting dynamic because mm. they often get the best of both. They, they get the best out of the white kids and the best out of the black yeah. kids because they yeah, yeah. them all. Like if you do the right thing, if you act, if you listen to your instructions, if you do yeah. what I'm asking you to do, and they and they don't go into the they don't go into it seeing a player and thinking, oh, he's black. Well, he must be quick. He must be strong. <laughs> he might be lazy. Or he's got an attitude. <laughs> so, like, imagine, imagine as a black player, somebody yeah. tells you something that you know is wrong. Yeah. You can't reply because they might say you've got an attitude. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, you're, you're, like, you're trying to play your left wing. Know what I mean? No, yeah, just get it. Don't do anything. Just push it and run. <laughs> That's the one I love. Bro, I'm, a, I'm, more technical, I'm more technically gifted than most of these white players. What are you telling me about push it and run? Uh, do you know, do you you know, know this, I mean? is, this is a question I was going to ask you earlier, and it goes, goes way back to the start of your career. So yeah. you didn't spend a hell of a lot of time in the academy system at a top, top no. club, but you played at a higher level the 99.5% of kids that have come through the academy at Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Going on loan at such a young age. 
and learning to play the man's game rather than playing an academy game. Right. And academy, because I feel from. like they need that transition yeah. into men's football as quick as they can. I know sometimes, obviously, as youth coaches or whatever, you might have felt the same, yeah. that you kind of got to protect them a little bit. Yeah. And you don't want to expose them. But I feel like they're either gonna they're gonna sink or swim either way. I totally so agree. I totally agree. You've got to kind of just push them in. Like the same fears I had of going on loan. Like yeah. it's either gonna make you or break you. So hundred percent. You know what I mean? I totally agree. I, I think the academy system's still too inflated. There's too many clubs with academies, there's too many players in the system. Yeah, and, and they they they're forced to keep players on on for longer than what they need to because they need to have a team to be able to exactly. put out for the under-23s. Exactly. Stuff like that, where a lot of them players, let them go in the conference. Let them go 100%. sit on the bench in League 2. 100%. I mean, you know what I mean? And learn their trait like that. I totally agree. I, I'm not being funny, but Wayne Rooney yeah. would have been a footballer without an academy, no matter what. You know, six, out. 16 in a man's physique. Wilfred Zaha... You know what I mean? Wilfred Zaha would have been a footballer without an academy, 100%. no matter what. And... Wolf is Wolf is one of the strongest players I've ever seen on a football field. Yeah, like he's just built different, and he's technically and he he, he moves for his size and, and physique. He moves like a oh player. yeah, and it's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke, and 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 that's not the academy system that's that's given him that. And it sounds like you've not no even, not at all. You've not needed the academy system either. So not at all. The the not one bone yeah. I've got to pick with the boys is they said yeah. that the boys said that. Um, Oh, we're going to bring our mate on who's um, not quite made it to the Prem. Half the teams you've yeah. played for, mate, were Premiership teams just, <laughs> just at the yeah. wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Seriously. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mad. But, no, to be fair, like, obviously, I at first, like, I dwelled on it and I was like, oh, shit, man, I should have played in the Prem. But I was just like, you know what? At least I've, 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 been, I've been fortunate enough to yeah. make a good living, play for some good clubs. And, yeah, obviously, yeah. I'm still playing at a good level, earning good money. So, yeah. really, like, my mum always says to me, listen, you just got to look at all your friends that wanted to make it professional. All the players you've played with that ain't made it professional. Yeah. And you just got to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just be thankful and be grateful. So, fantastic. Like, I've, I've just, I've just, I've just left that in, in the past and just concentrate on the future and just having a strong end to, the, to my, my career now. Yeah, great stuff. On a final note, sorry, to um, round no. up, I think we're kind of pushing the time. Um, yeah. What would you say, uh, one, to your younger self, and two, what would you say to the upcoming young players um, who, who might be listening, giving some advice about your experience and what they should do? To my younger self, put your pride aside. Pride, pride kills a lot of things that you want to do in this life. It make you make bad decisions, make you say things that you don't really mean, and make you act in in a way that you shouldn't really act. Um, so pride, pride is yeah, pride is the biggest downfall of a lot of players, I think. And um, I'll just say sacrifice, everything sacrifice, man. Cool. Great. Well. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, Mustafa, for joining us today. Yeah. I think this, is, you know, no problem, I think this is probably our best episode. Um, no problem, it's a great conversation. Um, to get to know where you've come from to where you are now, it's such an amazing yeah, story. Man. You continue to wish you the best. Uh, I, I'm sure you'll go and excel in further whatever you do next in your career. And um, yeah. yeah, thank you for joining us. 
Right, no, man. Thanks, guys, man. Thanks, Thanks for having man. me on. It's, it's been an it, absolute pleasure, man. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> no problem, man. Super. No problem. All the best, Thank man. you, man. Stay corona-free. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>